cool. Yeah. So, um, so the we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, the first business that you started to own was Cretines, right? Well, no, the first first business Whoa. I ever owned was it was called R and J Karaoke. Okay, it was right at when I was um, before U of A, but uh, it was called R and J Karaoke. We were actually the first locally owned karaoke business in town. It was me and my cousin Jeremy Tony. Um, and it was funded by Joe Curtin that uh, gave me the money to buy all the all the equipment for it. And we did just about every bar in town. OK, so who's Joe Curtin? Explain that to is us. my grandfather's brother. Grandfather's brother. Uh-huh. So who, who was the owner, original owner of this place, Curtin's? Um, my great grandfather and grandmother, great grandfather, great grandmother. Mm-hmm. They owned a business called Curtin's. It's a Mexican food restaurant here in Yuma, Arizona since 1946. Right. That's kind of like when it got established. But when uh, my grandfather and my uncle Joe got back from the war, from World War II, it was 1946. So before then it was, you know, a dance hall kind of thing. And they had three, ta- three or four tables they would uh, serve food on and, and uh, so there was something before. Yeah, it was in the forties, the early forties, and then when when uh, my grandfather and and uh, my uncle Joe got back from being in the war, they started working it, and it kind of established in forty six. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, so um, what is the same location that it was? Well, it was um, they're back on on Fifteenth uh, Avenue, Fourteenth uh, Avenue, and. Uh, um, it would, uh, it was a, uh, a, the whole building was made of Adobe. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was, uh, my grandmother, my great grandmother, her house, she actually lived at the restaurant. It was, she had a house and they kind of built on from the, it was a dance floor. So everybody would come eat and they would dance. That was the place to go back and in the day. this is pre 1946. This is yeah. 46. Um, I mean, I've showed, I've had some pictures of, you know, a bunch of kids. Uh, I was showing my fire chief one time, a bunch of kids of, at Cretines at the dance hall and he goes there's my mother there's my you know i mean i didn't even know yeah you know? yeah so um yeah it was a uh, place to go back in back in the day okay so um let's start from the journey because this show is about your story your journey mm-hmm. in life so you said your great grandfather he's owned it then it went from your great grandfather to your grandfather to uh well both uh my grandfather um joe Curtin and victor Curtin. Joe Curtin, yeah. Victor Curtin. Who was, what's your grandfather's name? Raymond. Great. Okay. What's the, that's the great grandfather? No, that's my grandfather. Oh, grandfather. Uh-huh. Okay. So, um, you worked in the restaurant as a kid. Yeah. I'd say I'm 11 years old, uh, going to the restaurant with my grandfather, um, bussing tables or doing whatever, running around that place. Things are different then. Yeah. It's understandable. Um, you're 11 years old. You're learning the family business. Mm-hmm. Right. It was more, you know, hanging out with my grandfather because he was a him along with my father were our very big influences in my life to where hard work and determination and goals and dreams. That's basically what it is. OK, but that's something you learned like boots on the ground in right. the restaurant. Right. That mm-hmm. wasn't just something that they said that was something that at 11 years old, 12 years old, however long you worked there, that mm-hmm. was something that uh that was modeled in front of you that you were able to adapt and to bring into your life. Right. Right. So tell me some of those things. What what did you notice when you were that age? Well, um, you know, just knowing, you know, the waitresses and, and the, uh, around at, at, that were working at routines. There's two of them still working at routines that I grew up with. Is that Dolores? Dolores and Rosa. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I, I've known him most of my life. And, uh, you know, it's just learning about how my grandfather worked, how he tested food, how he just had a passion about uh, what he did. He, he was very passionate about the food he put out and uh, learned everything from my great grandmother. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, from what, what my family has told me is there's different parts of the restaurant that, you know, you have the back kitchen, you know, the front line and then, you know, the what you do in the front of the front of the house. So my uncle Joe was the front of the house. He was the businessman. He was the one that's out there shaking hands and kissing babies and getting people interested in critiques. He was the promoter. Okay. I mean, that's how I saw him, but he was also in, in the kitchen too. At times, my grandfather was behind the scenes. He was the one making the recipes, cooking everything and making critiques. What it's known for is the recipes. That's what I saw, you know, him with the spoons, tasting things. And he had a, a bunch of spoons, just tasting food and, Making sure it was right. So he's tasting it mm-hmm. as like he was a consumer. He wanted he's, to make sure whatever product he put out was past the test. Right. He was the only man I know that could get a spoon, put it in a boiling pot of menudo and taste it without blowing on it. Just and it would. He got so used to that, it didn't ever hurt him. That was just part of his mo. Right. That was just something he did. It's uh-huh. like okay, th- there it goes. There's Tata or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's, he's tasting the menu. Well, we called him Gramps. Gramps. Yeah, he was oh, Gramps. Okay, cool, cool. So, yeah. Gramps. So, um, so how old were you when you stopped working there? Well, I mean, it was off and on, you know, because uh, I was involved in sports and and you know school and and uh, I would go with my father to. Um, the Croutines on Fourth Avenue, which is the crossing now that used to be Croutines. So um, I remember being, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old and being locked in the bathroom. And uh, I was very, I was always very intimidated by Joe Croutine. He, he was a, 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 a not a, like a big, big man, but he was a, a he carried himself well. Okay. And, uh, and with a low, solid voice. And, you know, he'd say, Robbie, what are you doing in here? I go, well, I've been, I've been in here for an hour. You know, it was after closing and trying to get out and he opened the door and and got me out of there, I guess. But, you know, he was somebody that, uh, you know, I respected greatly along with, um, you know, my grandfather was his brother. So, you know, it's just something that watching them, I mean, in family businesses, family, the family business isn't always the easiest, you know, because, you know, you. Uh, it's like the fire department. You, you can be an acting captain, but you got to go back to your position when the captain gets back. Right. So, it, you know, when you're when you're in a family business, it's where you're you're the you're the um, the owner and everything. But when you're with the family, you're just like everybody else. And I think sometimes it's hard to detach as the owners, you know. Gotcha. And, 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 I mean, even when I get together with my family now, I don't really like talking business, but. They always, but you, but you have to at one sense, right? right? You've it got, starts you've got out talking business and everything, and then I'm like, okay, can we talk about what's going on? You know, you feel else. a little uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Did did you notice that with mm-hmm. them? They felt uncomfortable oh, yeah. talking yeah. business. Yeah, it's like they no, they just wanted to give good service to right. to their community. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about the business, right? So right. that's probably something you saw in them and the way they interacted. It's like, no, this is what it's about. So th- that's something that carried on with you, right? Oh, cool. So, yeah, I, I saw a lot of things, you know, you know, just uh, family meetings, you know, and it was usually about uh, the restaurant and what was going on and money and bills and all that stuff that goes in with doing a business that I now understand. Back what? then, I, I just viewed it, uh-huh. saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now doing it, I understand what the talks were about. So, oh, oh okay. So, did they get pretty intense? Sometimes, yeah, they got intense, you know. 
Um, my grandfather and and Joe weren't afraid to tell each other what they thought. To, so, to each other. To each other. Oh, okay, gotcha. They respected each other, but um, they were scrappers, and uh, they weren't afraid to like say, "Hey, this is what I think," and this is you know my and Joe would say, "This is what I think," but they were military men that came back and they served their country and came back and served their community, but they were businessmen. You know that the family was number one. Business was number two, mm-hmm. but the business started at five o'clock in the morning until, you know, 10, 10 or 11 o'clock at night. So, I mean, my grandfather would set up everything and he could go home around five or six o'clock. But, you know, they, they had their part. You know, Victor, my, my uncle Victor was the one that took care of the bar, make sure everything was going good there. And and um, um, my grandfather was the one behind the scenes doing the cooking with his team. And Joe was up front making sure everybody was happy with what everybody else was doing. So Joe would have a little bit more of an outgoing personality then? Yeah. Out of, out of all the all of it, uh, Joe was the most known critique um, because he was always out front, you know, talking to people. And, and he had that about him where he could go out and, and just start shaking hands. and Make anybody his friend. I, I, still, I still hear stories about Joe and and um, and him talking to different people and... and uh, you know, people uh, reminiscing about conversations they've had with them. So, gotcha. So, um, let, let's go back a little bit because cretines is not a. Uh, you, you don't hear a lot of cretines, right? Unless right. they're related to your family. Can you explain mm-hmm. a little bit about the name? Well, it was a great, great, great grandfather that came from France that traveled through Mexico and came up through Sonora, and uh, cretine is a French name, but. Um, but so, you would say it like in, in a French way, right? Yeah, there has like, to be some type of a. Yeah, it was like. I can don't you know, say it? Can you do it? Well, it, it, I'm putting you on the spot now. Well, it's it's it sounds like cretine, but it's cretine, or I don't know. It's just French. French, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't even know. I can't even uh, fathom it right yeah, now. Yeah, but you know, when you meet people, or they call, uh, or uh, salesmen call cretines, they say shretines or cretins or right. something like that. Yeah, my so, father-in-law says cretins. Yeah. Yeah, no, normally he, he does it half jokingly, but it's kind of it, it is a little different, right? right. Cuz you, you you look at it, it's not like a Garcia, a Fernandez or a Rodriguez, right? right? It's like um what is this? But um so that that's a little bit of the story mm-hmm. behind it cuz he came from France through Mexico and then kind of made it his own. Right. Right? Because like, of the My grandfather always had this joke that he was related to Geronimo. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he had pictures of Geronimo and said, this is, we were related. And I'm, I never got the whole story and how he came up with that. But I think it was just something funny. I'd, I'd roll with it, man. Yeah. I would tell everybody you're related. Yeah. If I, I mean, he had, he always had these funny stories and stuff. But, but yeah, it, it was, um, you know, back when. So, so funny stories. Um, you, you saw family meetings. You were able to get into the thick of it and find out what the restaurant business is all about. Right. Right. So, uh, Cretines was in the family for how long? I would say since um, 46 to the 80s. And then um, it was sold to the Waits family um, and uh, great family. I mean, every time I went in there, it's very nice. And uh, it was Don Waits, great guy, always greeted me at the table. You know, I was uh, probably in my tw- 20s or 30s. And um, he'd always been very nice. And then his son took it over. And, um, still, and he goes to the restaurant today. So, I mean, I, I, and I learned 
a little bit from everybody. You know, he's bringing um, some memorabilia back that was in the restaurant um, so we could put it back up. So. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean. So sometime in the 80s, it left the family. Yeah. Oh, but and, and, and I think late 80s, early 90s, late 80s, early mm-hmm. 90s. Um, how old were you? Um, I think uh, around 18, 19 years old. 18, 19. How did you feel when it left the family? Um, I was. I I look at it now and I'm glad that happened kind of because it got my grandfather out of it. Yeah. But I want to know the feeling that you um, had when it first happened. I think it was upset, anger, you know, disappointed. I would imagine. You know, and I I know my, my parents, my parents were and, and, uh, um, you know, a lot of the family was, but it it was a good thing and a bad thing. You know, we were able to, because the restaurant business, there's a lot of stress in there, you know, there's a lot, trust me. (laughs) But, um, but what you know, it is where um, we were able to keep my grandfather ninety six years, and he got out early, so he was still a partner in it, but he wasn't there in the kitchen anymore. The people that he had trained were in the kitchen. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, and I'm kind of I'm glad he did that because we were able to to have a lot more time with him. So. Okay, his legacy got imparted into the people for right. a good amount of time, mm-hmm. right? So, but why did it sell? Um, because I, Joe was um, had some health issues, and I, it, he knew it was time, uh-huh. and uh, so he had. Uh, uh, Don Waits was a friend of his, and he offered it to him. So, you know, we were all young and everything, and. You, so. you probably felt like, hey, I give me a chance or right. something. There had to have been some some kind of fight in you. This is the this is the where you learned your work ethic, right. right? This is where you grew up. This was part of you since you said about eleven years old. So you felt a certain way. You wanted it, but I heard that you made a promise too, right? Right. You know, when when I was a kid and it had sold and everything, and I told my grandfather one day, Gramps, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it back. I don't know how. I don't know when. But one day, you know, I, I and he told me, "Oh, it's okay, it's okay." You know, he didn't want to. He didn't want me to go through the same stresses as it is to have a business. You know, there's ups and downs, and you know, uh, he's looking at his grandson like, "No, you don't know what you're saying." Right, exactly. Yeah. And you know, he 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 passed away. Um, I don't know about six months ago or so, and and uh, big, you know, big influence. It, it really was a um, a big blow to the family because. We wanted him around a lot more because he had so much more to to give, uh, so much information. And uh, but, you know, sitting with him, he knew I guess he felt it because my grandmother passed away a few years before. But he knew it was his time and it was coming. So but um, yeah, he knew that, you know, it's a tough business. You know, back then. There was not many Mexican restaurants around, so everybody went to Crutines. Okay. So um, now you have a lot, a, uh, a lot more restaurants, great restaurants that have a different taste. And we don't got to say that they all suck, Robbie. No, no I'm just no, kidding. They don't. No, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and what's what really good was um, what what's kind of funny is when I was in the fire department, um, I was on a call, and so I had to crawl into this car because we had to tear the car apart to get this lady out. And it was Miss Gutierrez from Chili Pepper that was Ooh. in her brand new Mercedes. So I was in there and I got sent in there to start to start stabilizer and everything while we cut her car apart to get her out. 
And um, I asked her what her name was. She says, Bessie. And I said, okay, Bessie, I'm here. My name's Robbie. I'm a firefighter. I'm here to, to help you and treat you. And we're going to get you out of here. And I, and, and I said, your last name. And she told me Gutierrez. And I, and I remember that name, Bessie Gutierrez. Yeah, so I yeah. told her, um, do you own chili pepper? And she goes, yes, I do. And I said, well, my grandmother is Rebecca Gratine. She uh-huh. goes, oh my God, I know your grandmother. So we started talking about that while I was treating her. And, you know, she was telling me, Robbie, because uh, I told her my name, I told her, um, we're going to cut your car apart. She goes, oh no, it's my new Mercedes. And I said, well, it's going to be a cut up one. Yeah. So we got her <laughs> out and everything. One. She, she had a farmhouse on, 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 on Somerton Avenue in County, uh, like 10, uh-huh. you know, close to County 11th. And um, so that's how I met Bessie Gutierrez. Oh, cu- cool. You know? And she knew my grandmother. She was telling me stories. Oh, your grandmother, this, your grandmother, that. So the families, you know, even, you know, um, um, with the Gutierrez family. And then you have La Fonda. Now, mm-hmm. the, the owner of La Fonda was actually my parents' wedding. So, I mean, oh, oh, all, cool, cool. they all knew each other. And right. uh, we still know each other today. Today, I had lunch at Chili Pepper the other day with... With my sons. How and dare you? I know. Right? No, they have the and, best uh, bean and cheese, of oh, course. I love, Delicious. I grew up on chili pepper. I, I'm really good friends with Susan Massey, which is the granddaughter of Bessie Gutierrez. And um, I see the folks from uh, Casa, La Casa Gutierrez. Oh, no. The um, El Charo. And, oh, okay. And they, all, they go in the restaurant too, Bobby Gutierrez. All, they all, we all go in each other's restaurants. I go to their restaurants as well as they go to mine. It's, just a different taste. It's it's their family, and and one thing my grandfather said is that it, that's very important. To nobody, I mean, I don't know every family that makes um, the uh, has a Mexican restaurant. I know more of the ones that were here when my grandfather was here. So. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So you, you made this promise, and um, as a kid, no, not knowing how this is going to manifest one day, and you become a firefighter. Yeah, um, kind of. Uh, my uncle Mike is a retired firefighter too. He was a fire assistant fire chief at Marine Corps Air Station Yuma, and um, I was in a photography club in high school, and so I went down to the fire department to see pictures. And I saw, I looked at what he was doing. I was like, looking at the firefighters and sitting in Lazy Boys, waiting for a call, watching TV. I said, "Damn, this is a perfect job for me." So, um, that's what you saw. You yeah. saw, Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, they, I can do this. I can relax. So I was actually going to the university of Arizona. I was, uh, a music major and, um, did that for a while, you know, um, and came back home and had some buddies at Yuma fire that worked for the Yuma fire department and still do. And I retired earlier, uh, quicker than they did, which is kind of funny, but, um, Got involved in the fire department. Um, there was a flood and uh, a big storm we had. And I went to uh, station one and was filling sandbags and saw the firefighters helping people and stuff. And that was, it's, that's one thing that my family's always instilled in me was always give back and take care of your Help community. People. Yeah. So um, my I told my mother that because uh, she's a huge influence on in what I do, along with my father. And I told her I'm. I'm thinking about being a firefighter and my mom was like, you know what? I don't really, I, I, I don't want you to do that. She thought the worst. Well, um, my grandmother lost two sisters in a fire back uh, on main street on over here off of, um, guess right over here. Oh, on the just corner, right around the corner on, on main street yeah. where the railroad is. 
they had a house there. It was the Aguilar family and the Lechuga family, which are two old Yuma families and a hundred year families. And uh, so she lost her sisters in a fire. And my grandmother told me, no, mijo, it's, it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous, this and that. So got their advice and everything, but I still went to the fire. And academy. you didn't take it. No, I didn't. You, I didn't take you, it. You, at least you had some respect. I'm going to go get their advice. And then, nah, yeah. I want to be a firefighter. I like the lazy boy. Yeah, that's, I mean, right. So um, I um, went to the city. I have friends in the city. I'm a fire department. And I told them, hey, I want to become a firefighter. And they told me, you know what? It'll be a good start over in Somerton. So I was like, okay. So I went to Somerton. The fire chief back then uh, was named Richard Trabascus. And um, I told him, hey, I want to be a firefighter. He goes, are you a fire certified? And I go, no, I don't have anything. So a call kicked out for a gas leak. He goes, you want to be a firefighter? Jump in. I was like, shut up. Oh, yeah. That's how it happened. So I jumped in and I was in plain clothes with a, uh, a, a, you know, a vest on. What year is this? This is probably 1994. Oh, this is, that sounds like the Wild West. Right? Where would you jump in? Well, Somerton uh, back yeah, then Yeah, Somerton's was, a little yeah, bit different. Wild yeah. West. It's, it's very different than what it is now. Uh-huh. But um, so um, we, uh, I went on that and he goes, okay, you can be a, a volunteer. You don't have any certifications or anything. So I was like, okay. So I went to school, got my, my EMT and, um, you know, did that. And then I wanted to go, I really, my goal was, I, my and dream was to work in the Valley. Uh-huh. So, um, I went to the Glendale fire. I went to the Phoenix fire Academy uh, in Glendale to, uh, the Glendale community college. So I got a lot of, a lot of a good taste of the, the Valley fire department. And so, um, I've always wanted to do that. I wanted to be on task force teams and do all this stuff and go take, be deployed to places and everything. So, um, did my time there. I did test for the city of Yuma and I did pass the test and had the opportunity to work for the city of Yuma. But when I got, when I applied for a full-time firefighter for the city of Somerton, uh, Julie Ingold, which is now the director of the Yuma economic development, yeah, the greater yeah, economic development center. She told me that, that, uh, you could change things here. You can make a difference here and then go on, but you can make changes here. Cause Somerton back then was a volunteer fire department with two full timers. Now it's, I think eight full time guys on a truck and an ambulance. But, um, so I took her advice and, and, and I'm glad I did because I learned a lot, you know, uh, Somerton, when I, when I started was two firefighters and when there was a fire, you were it. That was all you got. So I got a lot of entry uh, on uh, fires, on, on house fires. You got and, to get in the thick of it. Right. And the next uh, unit that was coming in to help us would be Marine Corps Air Station's the structural fire department. Then after that would be the city of San Luis. So we were by ourselves for a while. So there was a couple, there were some scary moments. I've been, I've had my share of those, but just like any other firefighter, but we made it through, you know, as a, you know, as, as a team and, and uh, it was a, a it was, the, it's the best job in the world. I mean, my, my son, Aiden wants to, has talked to me about being a firefighter and, uh, you know, I, I told him I'll support anything you want to do, you know, but, um, it's, it's a great job. I enjoyed it. I do miss it, miss the guys. And, but I do see them, they come to the restaurant or we go have a beer somewhere or something. And, uh, whenever I was the union, uh, president for, uh, Somerton and, um, and, uh, with the United Yuma firefighters for a long, t- for most of my career mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, went up against council and Yuma County supervisors, city Yuma council, you know, that's all part of being, a, you know, 
protecting the fire service. Gotcha. And, but, you know, uh, we're all still buddies, you know. I mean, you're fighting for the firefighters and they understood that, you know, but there's only so much you can do with a budget. And we all, we, I, I knew that. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, I learned a lot about, uh, you know, my son always asked me if I seen this scene before, this scene before. I don't even want to ask. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, bet you've seen a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, just like any other firefighter, we do see a lot of, um, trauma and, um, you know, like I told you, I always wanted to be on a team or something that was, you know, in Phoenix. So, um, I was asked to be because of certain things that I did. Um, I was asked to be on a type one, uh, uh, it was called the Arizona last through the national fallen firefighters association. So I was deployed to different disasters or different, um, things. So the, you know, the big one was the Granite mountain hotshots that I was deployed to. So, uh, worked a lot there, was there for two weeks. And, uh, you know, that was the first time I've ever, told the command staff of that incident that I need to go home. And I drove from Prescott to Yuma just for a hug and drove back. Whoa. So it was that intense, you know, you needed that touch. You needed something because it was so graphic or so. Yeah. And it was very, um, 19 firefighters dying, uh, in one incident was very, um, it was, it was big in, in loss of life in the fire service. And, um, you needed to come home and ground yourself again right, real quick. Right. I think, um, you know, um, I, I'm not, uh, I mean, I'm a big softy and I'll cry at a movie, no problem, but to actually weep and just let it all out. I think I needed that. Gotcha. You know, I, w- I went to a, a a bar. I don't know, you know, people have seen the movie and some of it is accurate to the point where, you know, they're station seven. I don't remember there being a forest behind it. It was right in the middle of the city because we broke into their public works yard. That's right across the street to get some equipment one night. But, um, you know, it's just, um, it was a tough time and uh, there was a lot of firefighters. I'm still in contact with the firefighters that I worked with from different departments. They were actually down for the Bridget's gift concert. So, and that's something you wanted to do, right? You said get yeah. deployed, go over here, and then you got a taste of it. And yeah. So, I mean, I've been deployed, unfortunately, to uh, close to maybe close to 100 firefighter-related stuff. Things and that, that was part of the, the crew you were part of? That is the team I'm a part of. For It all originated from the Mesa Fire Department, uh, getting a team formed for the, for the uh, National Fallen Firefighters. And um, uh, we go all over the state. I'm still on the team. So I'll get a text saying this happened in this town and we were there in 24 hours. Oh, so, gotcha. Yeah. So that while you're a fighter fighter, did you have in the back of your mind one day I'm going to get that place back? Like yeah. when did that come? Or did, well, what, was mean, it the whole time? It was, or was the whole, it, entire time. The because, entire time. Because I, I would go into the restaurant to eat when it was owned by different owners and I would just look around. I go, no. How many different owners real quick? Um, One, two, th- maybe three or four. Three or four. Owners, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I would, uh, I was the biggest critic. Oh, the beans don't look right. Or the, the chili reno does not look like my grandfather. You know, I just, because I was so used to the, the critine way, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, during the, the years, um, the folks that my grandfather taught would either retire or, um, oh, they passed away. Oh, you know, started so, to lose that flavor. Mm-hmm. 
So that's that. I mean, it was always in the back of my so mind. So it's in the back of your mind. So are you putting money away? Yeah. So, I mean, I think close to 10 years ago, I did meet with uh, Glenn Underhill down at his other building that he owned. And uh, I told him, hey, um, I know you're the owner of Curtin's. My name's Robbie, blah, blah, blah. If you ever want to sell it, please give me an opportunity to do it. I will start saving now. So um, I did that. Did and this some, is how many years ago? Um, I'd say, um, well, at the time, it was probably 10 to 11 years ago. 10 to 11 years ago. Yeah. Okay. So I was only, you know, 12 or 13 years into the fire department kind of thing so i mean working working and um i worked many jobs i was i taught at at arizona western college i worked at the er i worked the fire department so i had all these jobs that i saved i'm just saving and saving so you were already saving and saving Mm -hmm. when you spoke to them yeah but you kind of said like if you ever want to i'll start saving right just as like a gesture to talk to them okay either i was going to do that or buy a very nice house so well, yeah. It would, yeah. So yeah. that was plan A, plan, plan B, B yeah. plan B. What did Clint say when you told him? Do you remember? Oh, well, he said, I'm, I'm not interested right now. And, uh, but I will. Okay. And, and, and he did. He did because the restaurant business is tough. I bet. Well, you know, Clint, um, had other, um, uh, things he wanted to do. And, um, you know, he wanted to be, spend more time with his family, which I, I get, mm-hmm. I, I mean, and I respect him for that. But he, he he just wanted to not do it anymore. He has other things that he owns that he wanted to put more attention on. And that's what he did. You know, it must have been really tough for him. Like you said, you'd go in there. This is not the way my grandfather did this, did that. Like he, it, it started to lose that. And I know because he was a client of mine for a while. And that mm-hmm. was a tough battle that we had to try to um okay yeah but it's the new curtains or something we had right. to kind of kind of okay what how am i going to market this place how are we going to advertise this and I, I remember him trying to like a few different things mm-hmm. just kind of see what worked but yuma is a different town it's very right. you know uh tight-knit and it was like well no we know how it's supposed to be we've been here for a long time yeah and it was a tough battle for him and um, but now it's with you and you're trying to bring that back. Right. Right. It, it, you know, and coming from a fire department background, you know, you have budgeting and all that stuff. I, I am I am no businessman. I mean, I'm learning as I go kind of thing. And, and I'm very, very fortunate to know um, a good amount of, of different business owners, restaurant owners or and different type of other business type owners that I can go to and ask questions. When I don't understand something or, you know, if somebody gets hurt, workman's comp, you have insurance, how do you go through the whole process? So you're very teachable. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't know everything. Um, and if I, and that's what you learn in the fire department. If you don't know something or you need help, you call in for resources. So, and that's what I do. So that's something you picked up and then mm-hmm. you said, you know what, I could be a business owner because if I don't know something, that thing in me tells me to ask this right. principle that says, okay, I don't know. I'm going to ask and I'll figure it out because right. taking on a business is pretty huge. Yeah. You know, I, when I told my grandfather, um, the first thing he said, are you crazy? And yeah. I said, um, no, I, but I, I really need you to, to, if you don't want me to, I will not do it. But if you know what, what started the whole thing when Clint called me and I didn't give him an answer, and I said, let me, let me think about this thing, you know, 
And uh, I was, me and my mother were taking him to the dentist. And uh, 96 year old guy had all his teeth. And uh, I don't know, he always took care of his teeth. Oh, wow. So we're going down the 16th Street, and my grandfather says, Look, Robbie, my name is still up there. So I was like, man, how did you know, you know, how to, to say that at the, just right when I talked to Clint? Because it, it, you saw that as a sign. Right. And we could have passed it and he couldn't have said nothing. And, but that time, and he's probably passed it going to the dentist and going on, you know, just Numbers on Numbers of times. Yeah. But that time he said that. And, and that did something for you that was like, wait a minute, God, yeah. are, you, God are you talking? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I told him about what I wanted to do. He did say, ask me if I'm crazy. And I said, this is what I need from you, Gramps. I need every recipe that you have, and I need a resource. And he goes, okay, here you go. Here's the book. Get your Aunt Helen and your Uncle Jimmy involved, and you'll be fine. So the reason why, it's not because of me. The reason why Cretines is doing well where we have that taste back and people are saying, I remember this taste when I was 20 in the Marine Corps, Mm -hmm. and I used to be stationed here. Is because of two people, and that's my Aunt Helen and my Uncle Jimmy, because they were there with my grandfather when he was working in the, in the restaurant, and they know how to make that taste. They know how to bring it back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, they, and I tell them every day, it's not, it, I'm, I, what my job is, is I'm Joe. I'm the promoter. I'm shaking hands, answering questions, doing all that. But my Aunt Helen and my Uncle Jimmy are back there doing what needs to be done to make that uh, taste and make that dinner like they remembered it gotcha i had a lady that was in the bar crying and i looked at jesse one of the bartenders we have i go jesse what's wrong he goes dude she you need to talk to her and i so i went i go i go ma'am what's wrong she goes i took one bite and it brought me back to my childhood and i was like wow so it was pretty weird it was kind of deep because the food is emotional yeah food is very emotional psychological you know our family revolved around food my grandfather made this dish which was kind of funny for him to make but he would make it for the employees at Gratines when he was there and it was called it was chop suey i mean that guy can make chop suey wow yeah that's that's out of the box huh that's a little out of the box oh yeah i mean his stories about being in germany and switzerland and being on he was on the front lines in world war ii and he wouldn't make he, the, one of the generals had asked him to make a cake. And when you're out in the middle of the, wherever he was, I mean, the Swiss Alps or, you know, and, 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 I mean, on the beach, I mean, he, he never really, he was in battles and he never really told me about those battles. He would tell me about what people wanted to eat more than. Yeah. Wow. That's so, how powerful food is. Oh yeah. So, I mean, he would make these things for these generals that would come down just to this, where he, they were camped at to eat. Wow, it was that's, crazy. That, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. I, I want to uh, backtrack a little bit to huh? something you said. You mentioned Bridget's gift. Okay. Okay. I, I want to talk about a little bit about that. But first, let's talk about who is Bridget. Well, Bridget was married to my cousin David, and um, um, we've always—I mean, she's my cousin now because you know she's married to David, um, and we're—he's my cousin. So, um, but the. Uh, they got divorced a long time ago, but Bridget was always in, uh, still. She was still a member cousin. of the family. Yeah. So, um, because that's it, what you guys are about family. So once somebody comes into the family, right. you're family. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, um, I, uh, me and my partner, Ryan, uh, we were coming back from a call. And, uh, so I, we were passing the baseball phone. I told Ryan, Hey, let's go over there and see what's going on. 
because we were getting something to eat. It was a long night, and it, this is like midnight. So the baseball fields are all lit up. So I go, I look at the sign. It says Team Bridget. And I was like, hey, Ryan, I know a Bridget. How many Bridges do you know? He goes, I don't know any Bridges. Yeah. I go, hey, let's go check it out. So we went out. And when I walked up to the, the booth where they had all the cakes and stuff they were selling, I saw that it was Bridget. Mm-hmm. And I turned around and I go, it's you? And she goes, it's me. And I was like, from that on, I told her, I will do whatever it takes to make sure that you're, you get funding and we get this thing beat and we're going to, I will not stop till it gets done. So I got to backtrack a little bit for people that know the funding was because Bridget had uh, breast cancer, breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So in this event that you saw was a uh, way to raise money, softball tournament, softball tournament, all nighter kind of thing. And yeah, just something because Bridget probably played softball and softball's big here Mm -hmm. in Yuma. It's a way to go out and, get a little bit of exercise and right. mostly drink, but it's, yeah. it's, it's something we do here. It's a part of our tradition. And so you saw her and then you made her a promise. Yeah. I told her that I will not, I will, I'm, I'm here, whatever you need me to do, I will make something up. We will, you know, we're going to do takeovers or something. I know the owner of Buffalo wild wings and we're going to do something. So I called Chris Miller and I said, Hey, this is what I got going on. I need your help. And he said, all right, let's do it. So we did it. So, and, okay, you said you started with uh, something called takeovers, which mm-hmm. is you go into a restaurant and what happens? Well, well they give you a percentage of, um, of what uh, the till was the entire day. So I got the United Human Firefighters involved and we started doing this takeover and um, Bridget was there. And I remember a couple of times Bridget got mad, but if you knew Bridget, it would be like, that's Bridget. You know, she was, okay. she was a tough chick and... Um, she was tough, but she was was, a, she's an, she's an ortha and you know, they don't, you know, if you make a man, they're going to tell you yeah, something. Yeah, I you grew know? up with the orthas. So, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, um, so I, it's my whole life has been about certain promises and stuff. So, uh, I started working with Bridget on that, on that stuff. And, and so we did that for a little while, a few, a uh, couple years, a few years, these yeah. routine takeovers yeah. and stuff like that she was to raise money, their, her uh, chemotherapy and okay. everything. And then we got it, we got it into remission and which was awesome. She was doing great. And then not too long. I mean, after that, it was everywhere. So the, the cancer just the cancer, showed back up. Yeah, it went everywhere. So I would go visit Bridget and at her house and, you know, she had a, a, a medical bed there and she was laying there and I go, when she was in the hospital, I go see her at the hospital. And, uh, so, um, she would, she called me over one night. Usually I just go over and bug her, but one night she called me over. So I went over there and she looked at me and said, I need you to do something for me. And I was like, okay. She goes, I need you to keep this going. I want you to help other women that are fighting breast cancer and use the team that I have that we've formed to help you do that. And I was like, okay, no problem. Just no problem. This we is, can, this we is can do you. that. You're used I, to keeping I, promises. Well I'm, well, I'm not used to keeping promises. There's a lot of promises I haven't kept, but the, this one, I, I was like, okay, Bridget, why are you telling me this? Stop. You've, there was something there, though. Right. There was something electric. So she, she told me, uh, I'm not going to be here for much longer. So I said, knock it off. We're gonna, you're gonna, we're going to get through this. She goes, Robbie, I'm not going to be here much longer. I need you to do this. And I said, 
Okay, I will do it. I promise. I'll take care of it. But stop telling me you're gonna you're leaving. So um, probably a, no more than three days after that, she passed away, and I got a call wow. saying she passed away. So um, what I what our discussion kind of just went to the back thing, and we were concentrating on services and doing all this stuff and the practicalities right. of when you lose the loved one, right? So, um, uh, I'd say a couple weeks after that, I hadn't done anything about what Bridget wanted me to do. And so I had, a, I had a, like this little dream and she walked, I always tell people that she walked into the dream, looked at me, smiled and walked out. So I was like, <laughs> I woke up and I go, Oh crap, I better start working on this thing. So I went, uh, Lolly near, uh, she, uh, she was Bridget's right hand person. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lolly actually passed away not too long ago on Bridget's birthday. Whoa. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's, it's, it's weird. There's some connections, right? There's a lot of big connections. And so, um, I told Lolly, I said, Hey, um, this is what happened. Can you get me a meeting with Bridget's, uh, uh, team? Uh, it was called team Bridget. So, um, she said, sure. So and what it's about, I told her, so I, there's like 50 people in this room. And so I said, Hey guys, my name's Robbie. <laughs> I'm a friend of Bridget's and, um, I want to start a uh, foundation that uh, helps other people uh, that are fighting breast cancer. I want to do a country western concert. I want to bring John Michael Montgomery. What do you think? <laughs> Just like were, that. Yeah, huh? It was like crickets. Oh, and I'm like, wow. okay. So I, these these seven women. I like your passion though. That was pretty cool. Man. I know. It was like I a whole presentation. Yeah. You just see me in court. It's like, yep, that's him in court right there. You know. <laughs> but anyway, but so I told I told them that, and there was eight women that came up and said, we, we will do this with you. And eight I was like, out of the, the out of the, many? like 50 that were in there. Out of the I could 50. be exaggerating. There could have been 30, but it looked like 50. Yeah. When you have a bunch of girls looking at you, you're like, Oh yeah, you look like a hundred people. <laughs> oh in here. man, you got stared down, huh? Oh yeah. Cause I'm, they're like, who the heck are you? But some of them knew who I was. So, um, uh, so the first, um, we, we, we didn't know what to call it. So we all looked about around and, and, brainstormed and we said what is this this is a gift you know from bridget so we're like hey it's let's call it bridget's gift so we 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 made the logo and we did all this stuff we contacted the hospital to see how we make a foundation because they knew how to do all that stuff and and all these girls were our go-getters i mean they are like generals yeah i so- mean they're awesome people. So the, the, when you're saying all these girls, these are the the eight that kind of rose to the top to yeah, meet this challenge. Yeah, and these challenge. are local girls that I mean, some own businesses, and they're just go getters, and they will do anything to accomplish. And their you're goal. talking about Courtney is one of them, right? Oh yeah, Courtney, oh. Wendy, Wendy, you know, Stacy, uh, Kim, uh, Jennifer. I mean, give them a shout out. Yeah. Oh for yeah. Sure. I mean, these girls are you know sissy. I mean, I can you know Lolly. It just, they are Bridget's gift. I mean, I, they're always like, Robbie, you go and talk. I'm like, I'm a guy. Yeah. Goes, well, guys get breast cancer too, idiot. And I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah, but I have a face for radio, I would tell them. Uh-huh. And, you know, yep. so, I mean, you're supposed to say, no, you don't. Anyway. They, they, they never do. Huh? Yeah, they Courtney, don't. Next time I see Courtney, I'm going to make oh, yeah. sure she, she says that. Yeah. I mean, um, some, I mean, we, we worked at this thing and we started with zero dollars. And I mean, zero dollars, but a dream and a promise, a dream and a promise. And I, I got those guys together and we, we 
because I couldn't. I, there's no way I could have done it alone. There's no way. So I was like, back the to that team thing. That yeah. team thing seems to be a theme in your life. Oh yeah. Okay. So we we got we did have Michael John Michael Montgomery our first concert and we've been doing it ever since and we just finished our ninth uh, concert. So this was number nine. This yeah. last one that just passed. Yep. It's so. big bigger every time. Yeah. Um, uh, it, this one was, uh, I thought big and rich was kind of big, but this one was big. And, uh, you know, uh, there's, like I said, there's no way if I, I could never do it without Wendy and, and Courtney and Stacy and all those guys. I mean, their, their ideas, I mean, it doesn't all come from me and the girls always like, well, Robbie started this thing. And I go, we did. It, yeah. It's a we thing, not an I thing. But, um, but yeah, they, they are the glue that keeps us all together. Cause I mean, it's like, we're like, we're brother. I mean, we, we, we can get into it. You know? Oh, some some of that family fighting oh, yeah. again. So oh, these, yeah. these women I mean, have become like all, family. It's not all peaches. You know, it's, it's sometimes, I mean, I don't agree with court, you know, and I'm like, you better. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, dude, we're not doing that. You yeah. know, and she goes, Robbie, we're doing it. And then I think about it a little bit more and I go, you know what? Maybe Courtney has a, has a point there and, or Kim has a point or Wendy has a point, you know, okay. but I, I, I'm outnumbered there, you know, a little bit, but mm-hmm. But um, we, they all work hard at the concert, setting up to tear down to, I mean, the last concert, you got Kim and her daughter out there um, taking down fences. They they're, they they put in the muscle too, oh, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's not like we get, they we hire people to do that. No. And not one person makes a dime off what, uh, we don't make any money. All the funds that we, we all volunteer. It's a passion do. project. It, it's, yeah. It's a promise we that we made, Bridget. I made them part of that promise and they have not backed down uh, you know I, I cannot uh, not mention Tina Ricker because she's the one that makes it look beautiful out there you know, gotcha. the table settings and the, uh, everything she's you know she's the one that makes all that possible but everybody has their certain areas and you better not go in their areas stay oh, in your lane no. I brought some of the fire department saying into the Bridget Skiff so I'll get that sometime hey Robbie stay in your lane yeah so i mean it, we have our bridges gift family and right now we're we're starting to plan the 10th year because it's a two-day event and it's going to take a lot of uh a lot of the logistics to get that done so two-day two day event and it's exactly what you said it was right that you wanted to do a little barbecue and bring in down a country rest western artist yeah. and yeah and and it kind of manifested into what what you thought that first day what you pitched up huh yeah i mean that's what i i knew um was shows because I, when i used to sing that's what i knew how i knew how to do that not because of the singing it's because of howard gwen and i don't know if you know howard gwen there was no, a sir. thing called hospice hospice um roping roundup and it was held at the gwen ranch it's funny that uh, i go to yuma catholic and uh the stadium is ricky gwen stadium and Ricky Gwen was a really good friend of mine, and uh, we, we hung around the same uh, people. And uh, when I go there and I see Ricky Gwen Stadium, I kind of chuckle because I know Ricky Gwen. Oh, you know him, huh? yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, great, great kid, but he passed away from cancer when, oh. we, when we were kids. But um, you know, um, my son plays on the same team as uh, his son Tommy, uh, or Tom, uh, his brother Tommy. And um, but the Howard Gwen and um, me and Wendy McKay were a couple of years ago talking to him and we told him the reason this is not an idea that we thought of. We, we were doing this because we learned it as kids from you. 
And what, that's what organization? Like it was hospice. They had it at his ranch. Okay, but what did you do? How'd you learn it? What was, because of the organization? The, the like, organizational thing, having the 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 structure. Well, it, having the um, because he's. I mean, I remember it being kind of tough back then to get country artists, and they had some. They had some really good ones like Reba McIntyre. I mean, they had some really really good ones. So I mean, just the way he did it and how the setup was and the barbecue and the. All that, the tri-tip, and they had a roping around it. And I was telling the girls the other night, remember when we were, we were going to have like a little rodeo attached to this? And they go, yeah. Can you imagine? Oh, throwing we, that in the mix? Oh, yeah. We didn't. We weren't even prepared to do yeah. that. But like I said, we were looking at what Howard Gwen did at his house. So you were able to kind of see that and say, you know what? I could do that. Right. We Or we could do that. We can do that. And it, it, it wasn't easy. I mean, it... it, it and Nothing ever is that's if worth it was doing, easy, right? Everybody would do it, right? So, um, but uh, we told Howard that, and you know, it's uh, Howard and I grew grew very close uh, through a unfortunate incident, and um, Howard was is a cowboy, roper. I mean, nicest guy. He is uh, a Gwen, and related. His mother is the Sanguinetti. Oh, wow. Sanguinetti Two powerhouses in Yuma. Right down the street, Sanguinetti. Yeah. The Sanguinetti house. That is his family. Redondo. That is oh, his family. All the streets in Yuma. Yeah, there we so, go. There's a, I, I know that the Gwen family very well. So um, I got a call on duty, acting captain. Get on the get on the scene. Remember I told you he was a roper cowboy. Get on the scene and I'm, I'm working it. And I have the guys working and I go... Tell the other cowboys, can I get his name? And they tell me Howard. I was like, Howard? I go, last name, Gwen. And I'm like, what? So I go down to Howard. I go, Howard, it's Robbie. Unconscious, unresponsive. A horse went back, landed on him. Um, he had to learn how to walk again. But Jeez. we were, I told those guys in great paramedics, South County medics are freaking awesome because they do everything by themselves back then. They're just street medics to the core. I mean, I mean, if I had a, a uh, and don't get me wrong, Yuma fire has some awesome medics, if not all of them, but in Summerton that I worked with, those guys are awesome. And they packaged Howard so tight that there was no movement in his spine to can, to even make the uh, injury worse. So we packed him up and I, every firefighter that was on that scene went to the hospital. I got, I got my butt chewed out for that call. But I wanted to make sure because Howard was you such You got to take care of this guy. I took care of him. Like, and we take care of everybody the same way. But Howard was like, we're, we're going to ride this all the way through. And again, the, another connection in your life. Oh yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. You know? But, you know, I, I, Howard came to the, sh the Bridges Gift Show a couple of years ago. He had a class reunion this year. He uh, texted me and called me. He wasn't going to be able to make it, but um, he was at his class reunion. So, um, but yeah. That's where we learned how to do the concert by watching him. By watching somebody, you were able to say, you know what, I, I could do this because he could do it. He kind of modeled the way, yeah. and and it became something that's the, probably one of the biggest events in Yuma, right? Right, and it, he gave me the opportunity to sing at him too. That's how I got the whole singing thing down. So you sang at his events, his as, events, yeah. as, as a kid, mm -hmm. country western. That's that yeah. seems to be your your mo. Yeah, well, I mean, I like every type of music. I mean, uh, a lot of people 
will put on uh, Huey Lewis in the news or something that they think I wouldn't like. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know who this is. I absolutely I, I love like, Huey Lewis in the news. Oh, okay. And Hall & Oates. Yeah. Hall & Oates, man. Bring them down. Oh, yeah. that's I checked on that. That's a pretty penny. Is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, they, they come to Phoenix. Try to get them when they're, they're in Phoenix. I know. On a one-off, just yeah, come on just, down to Yuma. Just, hey, down come here. down. Why not, man? Yeah. Make some make some fans down here. Make some money. But, um, okay, so so that's Bridget's Gift. Where does the money go for Bridget's Gift? It goes to uh, back to the community. Anybody fighting breast cancer, you know, helps with bills, treatments, um, things like prosthetics, wigs, anything like that. That will because the worst thing when when a what I've learned that when a lady's going through um, breast cancer, it's um, very it's bad. But when they have to worry about bills and their car payments and the all things that stuff, that pile up on top right. of it. So that's so where already we come fighting in. this thing, and then so. Right. So that's where we come in and we help them with that electrical bills, uh, anything that we can do to, to make it better. So, and then somebody wants to uh, take part of this program. How do they do it? Um, they can go to the foundation of Yuma, uh, foundation of YMC and they can get the, um, uh, application. You know, it's nothing just want to know your name and all that stuff. So we can contact you and then, um, we'll get a hold of them. We have a, a, a board that, um, meets with you and gets all the information that we need and where we can help. And then it comes to the Bridget's gift board, which, uh, we do more. So we, we have another team that's a, like our selection committee to where, um, some folks, uh, we've had, we, we are, our goal is to help people of Yuma County, but we've had other people from out of town that have wanted help too. But when we direct them to another source, because our, um, uh, goal is to help yeah, folks so here. It, it, it was your goal. So yeah, right. you, you have your guidelines, you have right. the, the things that you stick to. Okay. 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 So, okay. You're singing. This helps with, uh, the Bridget's gift. Right. It's part of your, 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 uh, journey in life that leads to curtains. How long have you had curtains now? A year and eight months. A year and eight months. Now that people are coming in, they're crying because it's so good. Well, I mean, that's a, that was one incident. Yeah, well, but still, people are crying yeah. because it's like, you know what, this reminds me of being a kid, which was cool. Like, I remember when it was at, uh, a, a, there was a parking lot and it was gravel. Yeah. I remember being a kid going in there and you'd walk yeah. through the kitchen. Right. Right. The back, the back kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. You'd walk through this thing. And I remember being a kid going there with my aunt and my Nana and stuff like, what is this? Like, you know, you could see the, the people washing dishes or whatever. And then it became like a whole experience. Right. It was like there was something cool to it that I, to, I remember to this day. And now you have it. And now you're trying to bring that same experience back. Yeah. And you have your family there. Oh yeah, I it's, see. You know, for uh, you're one of my clients. For we we, we do business together, so yeah. I'm at your restaurant quite a bit. So I see you got your sister, my sister. You got like nieces and my well, uh, Bridget's daughter works there. Oh, Bridget's daughter, uh, Br- Brittany. That's Brittany. Okay, uh-huh. so that's that's Bridget's daughter. Uh-huh. And so you bring in the family. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's I, a family I couldn't element. do it without them. I mean, uh, I don't know where I'd be if I did it any other way. So. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're bringing that family and the, so the recipes are starting to come online <clears throat> and we're fighting this thing to where it's like, okay, maybe it lost for a time. You need some water or something. Yeah. All right. So, um, so now you've got the restaurant back, uh-huh. you're bringing the family element. You're, the food is tasting like it's supposed to. Well, you know what? I told my grandfather, I said, Hey, you know, had some complaints and they go, Oh, okay. What are the complaints I told them? And Oh, just add this, add that, do this. So we did. And I asked him, do you ever get complaints? He goes, oh, 
All the time. People love to complain, Robbie. Uh, that's yeah. like a thing. That's like that's a hobby. Terrible. That, no, that's a hobby for people. Oh, I feel terrible because my other my other line of work, the fire department. When you got complaints, that was not good. When we never did. Yeah. So it yeah. no, it's not. It's not good in that department. But no. in, in food and yeah, people love to complain, man. It's a, I, so I've been I'm marketing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so in advertising and so i've have like and also reputation and oh man you just get so many complaints and then it's like oh well you have no life right and so this is what kind of you just do you just complain to kind of have something to complain about but so some legitimate complaints probably came in and then you did what you could to rectify them yeah i mean i invite them back to the restaurant i sit with them i talk to them you know i like to be a little um personable and and uh introduce myself and uh, i mean i've been on that other side where i'm at a restaurant sitting there but i i really never complain i always go back because sometimes it's a bad day i guess i don't know but you know it just uh it happens you yeah, know yeah so um you, so as you're bringing it back then you said you know what i'm gonna own a nightclub <laughs> You know what? This restaurant business is so easy and everything's so smooth. I'm, I'm going to get a nightclub. Is that what you did? Uh, no, it was, uh, that's, that's Underhill's fault. You know, <laughs> he threw some things at me and I was like, man, and I've always loved this building because it's. Oh, hold a- on. Wait a minute. Huh? Did you take a picture of this building? I know we were talking off. Oh camera. yeah. I, I, on my phone, I, I have photos of things that I I was when I joke with I had things that I wanted to accomplish so I take a picture of the crest building like in 2013 or you're dead sir you're not bullshitting oh oh, no not at all oh Oh, no and then I take a picture I was telling Brittany today check out this I took this in 2013 another one of my truck and she goes oh my god you drive a truck just like it and I go yeah it just I have like people have vision boards this is like your version of a vision board I don't know why I do that I mean and I had a toy hauler and, and I, so I got a toy hauler. I'm, but it, it doesn't happen overnight. I work towards that stuff. It gives it gives your mind something to point to. Right. Towards. It gives you a, a direction to go. Right. And so the crest was one of those directions. It just, yeah. I, the building, it wasn't necessarily the, I mean, before this, I've only been in here one time. Okay. Since, since it's opened. And uh, it's not that I, I don't go out a lot because I was on in the fire department. So we worked whatever weekends and stuff. So I didn't go out a lot. And, uh, and I'm a dad, so I didn't go out a lot. And, um, you know, I just, I really liked the building hearing stories from my mom and my grandfather worked the turntable of the railroad down the street. I mean, the railroad, the, the trains, I love hearing the trains because it reminds me of my grandfather, even though I only met him when I was very, very little, it still reminds me of his, the pictures that I've seen. There's something there. There's a connection. And and people listening to this podcast, if you hear something, it's trains going by. We have the, the, the the doors open and I love hearing them too. So this, I thought that was was a cool ambiance. So people get to hear the trains go by. So something drew you. Yeah. I just, uh, I mean, my family said I was totally crazy. Don't do it. I mean, you you seem to get that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. (laughs) But my mother would always tell people, do not tell him he can't do it. And, and I have like, Oh, that's like the trigger. That's the lever, right? That's the thing that will say, really don't tell me I can't do something. You can't pay me a lot of money. Oh, you should have seen me during council (laughs) meetings. Don't tell me we can't do that mayor like that. And then be like, everybody looking at me. I'm like, Oh my God, you know, or our uh, supervisor. I mean, respect everybody. I do, but 
don't tell me we, that something cannot be done because something can. can there's, there's always, always a way. There's always to do a way. Something. Yeah, especially when it deals with lives and and, and and your family. So there's always something that can be done. So this this building was a picture on your phone yeah. just because you you liked it, you admired the building, mm-hmm. not per- particularly because it was a nightclub or because right. originally it was like top of the crest, I think owned by yeah. a different and, and not for that reason, but there was just something about it. And that lived on your phone as an idea. Right. Uh, you know, when, when Clint told me about it, I said, uh, I mean, it was very early. I said, let me get through the restaurant and we'll start. We'll and talk Clint about owns, it. owned Curtin's previously. Right. That, so that's who you bought Curtin's from, Clint mm-hmm. Underhill. And then so now he, he also owned this, but he's, like you said, looking to spend more time with his family, mm-hmm. kind of get out of the business. And he said, yeah. hey, Robbie. Yeah. And, and how we, about buying the crest? Me and, me and Clint have many talks over beer, uh-huh. beers and about family. And, uh, you know, uh, he said, this is going to take you away from yours. So really, really think about this. And, uh, you know, I, I, I did, I, my sons are old enough. One or two of them are that, uh, they work with me and, and not here. They're not that old yet, but at the restaurant. And, uh, so I, I saw the, I, I just would hear about the crest and it was kind of rough and, and stuff. And I wanted to, anytime that somebody can come into a place and make some changes and make it better to where, you know, um, somebody, um, that's my age group would want to come down and for a date, a date night, a, um, you know, go to a local restaurant down here on main street and then come up for a couple for a glass of wine overlooking some of the, uh, the beautiful, city. beautiful scenery overlooking the, at this place. Sir. I just always thought that this building had so much more potential and so much more to offer people here in Yuma. It's just, it, there's no other building like it. It's not, um, I mean, there's some great buildings in town, but I've, I've taken part in, in having a beer up on the top. And just hearing the noises of the, no music going on, just hearing the noises of the city and hearing the train go by and seeing the ocean, ocean bridge. I'm like, hey, this is pretty cool. There's something special. Right. There's something special here about mm-hmm. this building. So so not just particularly nightclub. There, you have a, a vision for this to somebody, like you said, come up, have a cocktail, relax, maybe have a business meeting here. Or, oh, yeah. Well, we started that so far. We, we've um, We've had some mixers here up on the top of the crest and uh um we've had some uh like small parties and stuff like that but i'm i'm looking at it as you know a uh, different different furniture different look different bar look that you can come with a date or you can come with your friends from you know uh business people um um city workers or court uh workers that are around here can come and have a beer or a glass of wine and just kind of relax in comfortable seats while they listen to the city with light music playing. Because that is definitely a vision because that's not what this place has been for the last so many years, right? right. That, so that's going to take some work. Oh, yeah. Um, so far, it's been a lot of work. So um, we've made a lot of changes here. Um, first thing, I mean, I, I read all the the you know, what people would write, all the, the comments reviews. and the reviews and everything. And a lot of it had was was around the uh, security. So um, um, 
we uh, got a security, a, a lead um, security person that has a lot of experience in private security, security and um, um, nightclub security and stuff. And we said, hire your team. And uh, he did. And I've heard a lot of good comments about our security that they're very polite and very nice. And they, I told them, you guys are glorified waiters. That's what you are. And if there's a need to protect um, yourself or a patron, you will remove that that um, person politely and respectfully out of the building and wish them a good night. Call them a taxi if needed. And if they ask why they can't come in, we just tell them we're not comfortable serving you right now, but we want you to come back. So you were able to make some changes right away with mm-hmm. one of the things that was the big thorn in the side of this place. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I, I asked, I would ask people that uh, my friends that would come here or, you know, friends of my sisters that would come here cause he's a lot younger than me. But, um, and what was, why wasn't this place, um, the potential that you saw, why wasn't it manifesting? Right. So since we've been in here, it's, it's been, uh, kind of crazy um we've we've been at capacity on saturday nights fridays we're still working out but we're doing we're we're good um the dancing and meeting new people and people coming up and saying we like to change there's there's a lot more to come it just it doesn't happen overnight it it, it's in steps and um if if i was a millionaire it would have been done already i'd just close this place down redo the whole thing but I, I don't like doing it that way. I want to see what people want. What do they, what, how, what do they want to see in this place? I want you to come into this building and not, I love Yuma. Not that I don't want people to think they're in Yuma, but I want them to think that they're out of town. It's, it's an escape. Exactly. That they went somewhere that I didn't really feel I was in Yuma. So it gave me a release from reality a little bit from my job. Gotcha. From the kids are with the babysitter and the kids. And I was out of town for an hour or two kind of thing. And just the, just the brick of this building is awesome. And that just the, I mean, I came to a wedding here. My, a good friend of my name, James got married where it now is the boys, but he got married. It was like a venue for, for weddings oh, okay. at one time. <clears throat> and I, I really just liked how it looked. So, um, and got a team together and we just started making changes. And like I said, the first change was, um, the uh, security. First, so, yeah. first change. That's the first of many, though. You have right. a vision. You're a man of vision. Yeah. That you're yeah. a man that knows how to put that vision into other people and believe in your vision and make it happen. I just, I'm just a really big believer. If you surround your, yourself with the right people that are open to suggestion, but also give feedback, honest feedback. I, I, I really, I really like that because. I mean, people say they don't like something about the food or they don't like something about the night or something like that. But I'm, I'm not a guy that will say, OK, what's what happened and just blow it off. I really I really sit down and think about what you're saying and, and how it made you feel and, and try to actually make it better. And I will call you back. I'm that guy with that. I will call you back and say, come back. We fixed it. I want you to tell me how it is. I'm not going to charge you. Just come down and you tell me. But what I want you to do is I want you to give you. I want you to give me your honest opinion. Honesty. That's important to you. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. I think, you know, for anybody, but I just think that. But you value it in a certain way. Not everybody does. 
Well, I, 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 I mean, funny you brought up running for council because there was, I have some friends that said, man, you should run for council the way you talk. And uh-huh. I said, no, that's really not my cup of tea, but it's on my phone, but it's a long story. Oh, so that's a, that's one of the things, because yeah. this is, are we where yet? So I need to know everything where yeah. you're going to head. So one day right now, Robbie just announced oh, yeah. that he's running I, for council. I, I, I think I put it on a Facebook post. Would you vote for me if I ran for council? Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. Vote, vote Robbie 2000 and uh, <laughs> yeah, what, no, what's the next 50. election? 2021. Oh yeah, 2021. But I'm, I'm that guy that will walk the street. And if you're mad, I want to hear about it, and we'll go in together. I know it's hard to do. I mean, I I I see uh, uh, the the our mayor a, a lot, you yeah. know, because we're in the Caballeros together, and and uh, which is a group that uh, helps the community as well. Right. Yeah. So people that don't know Caballeros right. puts yep. on a lot of events, and their mission is to help the community. Oh yeah, great bunch of guys. You know, it's a great, it's a great organization. And I mean, it was, I told my mom one time, she goes, are you crazy? And I said, no, it just, there's so many things that I don't want to, I, I've worked with council members that just what you tell them, just it's like swept under the rug or they're blowing smoke up. You know what? I, it's just, I don't like that. And, and if I tell you it's impossible, what I think, come at me with the solution, not the problem. There you, know, you go. Tell me what what we can do to fix it. You know, and I'm not one to, um, to I mean, I've met some people that have, you know, set, stood up to city council and all that stuff. And what they're saying is, I get it. I really do. But sometimes council can't do anything about it. And it would take a lot of money to do it. You know, it just, their hands are tied. They can't do anything. And I think if people understood that, a lot of things would, would be understood. But not everybody takes the time to go, oh, this is the budget. Oh, yeah. How can we fix that? Of course, there's always budget. We can raise taxes. Nobody wants that, you know, but it's it's a thing of life. I'm going to vote for you. Yeah. Already. You've convinced me. Robbie, 2021. You know, Fernie Q. Ruffs. We went to high school together. I love Fernie. And uh, he's like, Robbie, you should run for council. Let's run together. And I'm like, dude, I am not going to run. I'm Mm going to do, you know. He lives in the counties, though. Yeah, he lives. Yeah, he lives by my friend Sissy. Yeah, yeah, he lives in the counties. I, I kind of there's. I, um, I went to a meeting where people were trying to get him to run, and yeah. he's like, "Yeah, I live in the counties. I can't even run for city council." Yeah, I've known Freddie for a long time. We went to, went to U of A together, so he's yeah. a great guy. Oh yeah, another people person, very yep. passionate about the people and the community. So shout yeah. out to Fernie. You better be listening to this, Fernie. Yeah. Yeah. No. Anyway, um, so yeah, um, I just want to say something. Uh, I want to be on the Caballeros one day. Oh yeah. Okay. That's kind of a vision of mine, and I we have a similar process. Me and you. Well, funny thing, you say that because uh, it was on my phone. As another thing that. It's weird. I don't know what it is. Remember how we met You're at the from, bank? That's what I. All right. So that's how my life has been. Is that is where um, I never. I always wanted to be a part of the Caballeros. And the first year I was up there, there was a uh, fire captain uh, Anthony Jacobo was up on the ladder trucks resetting the lights for the midnight at the Oasis. And I had told him he used to work with me in Summerton. And he goes, "Hey, Robbie, you finally got it, huh? How many years is that?" I go, "I know. Kind of weird, but." Um, Caballeros are, are, you know, they, they, uh, you're asked to be on it kind of thing. Uh, you know, they interview your yeah. family, stuff like that. And great group of guys, very community oriented and, um, a lot of community hours. Those guys are up to the, to before the sun comes up and when the sun goes down, workings, you know, uh, setting things up. I mean, 
we uh, we have a guy that's o- uh, over ninety, and he's out there over doing, ninety. Yeah. He's, he's putting. He's those the com- oldest uh, caballero putting in those hours, serving oh, yeah. his community, still doing it. And, yeah, uh, it's kind of the, a little bit of the, the who's who of Yuma in, um, a, in a way because you you got to have, uh, um, uh, you know, a certain uh, reputation. Well, I mean, I don't know about that, but uh, everybody brings something to the table there. And um, there's there's people from there's businessmen, there's, you know, fire. There's another fire captain. There's a fire captain from Yuma that's on it that I work with very closely on all the things that I do with the Caballeros. There's police officers. There's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, for sure. All kinds of people. Um, But but you got to have a good reputation in the community. I'm saying there. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's something. um, The reason why I bring it up. So uh, an ex Caballero member um, told me, he's like, you'll never be on the Caballeros. Oh, and kind yeah. of, kind of like you, like, oh, you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so, how, that's how you have to, I, yeah, that, and sometimes that can be bad because you know, yeah, that's why my mother always says, do not tell Robbie he can't do anything. Just listen to him and just say, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. No, this guy told me, no, you, you'll never do it. You'll never be it. Mm-hmm. And he's a mentor of mine, mm-hmm. and I love the guy. And uh, anyway, but he was like, there's no way, you know this was like years and years ago and I come from this Oaky town street. So he thought like, Oh, you're, you're never, you're never, yeah. but no, I'm pretty determined. I think I'm going to do it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So we brought up how we met. I just want to cover that real quick. Mm-hmm. Cause that is, uh, my show. We, we kind of get into stuff like that, but it was, I was told, Oh, and it might sound weird, but like this inner knowing go to the bank right now. Mm-hmm. I swear to you. I was like, well, it's like, no, you need to put this money in the bank. Well, it's like, I want to do this with the money. And it's like, no, put it in the bank and it'll take care of some responsibilities, take care right. of some bills. So I'm like, okay. So I go. And then I remember one thing that I always do in my life is hold the door open for people. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a thing where I practice of holding the door open for opportunity. Okay. Yeah. So, and I, I remember I hold that I held the door open for you. And then you went in front of me and then I noticed like, he's wearing a Curtin shirt. Like I used to do business for Curtins. Like they were one of my clients. And so we kind of started up our conversation and we were talking and it went from out there and you were like, well, I'm looking for the person that used to do certain things for Curtins. Mm-hmm. And then we went outside and we're talking about a commercial that you yeah. wanted to do. Yeah. Can you let you take it from here. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm as a kid, I always was friends with uh, Al- Alvarez at Beto's. Mexican food. Another great restaurant oh, in yeah. Yuma. And he was friends with my grandfather and, uh, and my uncle Joe and, and, uh, actually went to his, uh, Beto's when they had teen night there. And, uh, it was a long time ago. You probably, you were no, probably, I remember it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, I think Oscar Chavez was like the DJ there yeah. at the time. And, uh, and Oscar Chavez is now married to my cousin. Long story. Oh, wow. great couple. Awesome. Oscar, good people. And so, um, we started talking about this commercial. I wanted to put um, Al in it, like Beto's Mexican food, but do the same old commercial that if you lived here in Yuma, you know, in the eighties and you'll 90s, recognize you'll know it. the commercial. And when, you know, Beto's would, Bet, or, uh, Al would say, you know, Cretines Mexican food or something like that. I don't know. I was just kind of thinking about it and who drives up Al. It, it, to me, it was a total trip because I saw the license plate first. Yeah. I saw, and it said Beto's on it. And I'm like, no way. Yeah. It's just happening. And I believe things when people get together mm-hmm. and the right connections made, good things manifest. Oh yeah, 
I be, I strongly believe in that when, when there's, I believe this whole world is energy, right? I can mm-hmm. get super weird, but Tesla is one of my, my idols. And he said, look at the whole world as energy. If you want to understand this world. And so I think we kind of had this energy going. And then sure enough, this guy shows up that we were talking about not even a minute before. Yeah. Kind of manifest that quick because that, that energy was there. But anyway, that was a pretty cool, but that seems to be a theme in your life. And it's also a theme in my life. Yeah. Um, I was in a meeting one time when I was in Prescott and the chief of Prescott fire that just lost 19 firefighters. I was sitting across the table from him and uh, thinking, what is this guy going through? I mean, just, he just lost 19 firefighters or well, yeah, well, 19 and, and, and Brennan was once the survivor. So, uh, I'm sitting across from him and he has, um, electrical tape on his badge as a shroud. And I said, Hey chief, can I have your badge? And everybody in our team looks at me like, are you freaking crazy, dude? And I said, Hey chief. And again, you get that a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. I said, chief, can I have your badge? Yeah. Like a kid. Hey, can I have your badge? So he goes, yeah. And he unclips it, hands it to me. And I say, I'll be right back. So I looked at all the senior staff of Prescott Fire, and, and they all have black electrical tape. So I go downstairs. We're in the in the in the. I don't know if you've ever been at Prescott, and they have a center like a the courthouse and all this stuff. So I go downstairs. I get shrouds, the proper shrouds, and I go back with a handful, and I put take off the tape, and I put the new one on the chief's badge, and I pinned it pinned it on his shirt, and I go. There you go, chief. And ever since then, I've, I've been to his election thing. He was running for this. But when we were, um, he always, called, it was funny. And it doesn't sound racist or anything, I don't think. But we did a brown hug, right? So it was me, the Prescott fire chief, and one of the Prescott fire um, battalion chief, uh, J, JP, which we were good friends. And he goes, hey, it's time for brown hug. Because back then, <laughs> you needed hugs. Oh, my God. I bet. It was crazy. So we would do this brown hug. It was like the, the only, we were, we were like the only three Mexicans in, in the <laughs> building. And everybody else was from New York or Houston and all that stuff we were working with. And because uh, the firefighters I was on, yeah. on task was were, were from FDNY, greatest guys in the world. Oh my, they, I mean, they, just their accent made, made me laugh a little bit because, yeah. you know. But um, just stuff like that. It's kind of weird how things happen. And I, I mean, then you're long, kind of like life friends because yeah, I don't see him all the connection. time, but I go, when I see him, he's like, there's something there. He goes, you put a uh, shroud on my badge, didn't you? And I go, yeah. He goes, I remember, oh, you know, how are you? And I mean, all that comes back like that. So, I mean, it's just certain people make impressions on people that, you know, that, that never, never die. So and that, that's a beautiful thing. And that's a, it's a, it's a particular thing that you recognize that. Uh-huh. And that's something, cause I recognize that in you. And that day when right. we met, there was like, there's like, there's something here. Like I, I, I felt something and for lack of better words, you know? Um, okay. So let's, let's kind of wrap this up a little bit because you got the routines. Now you got a nightclub. Where do you see yourself? Where's where Robbie going? What's the next thing that somebody's going to come to you and say, are you crazy? Oh, I don't know. Um, I have no idea. I don't know. And no, you do know. What's on your phone? Let's go through your phone. What's a picture <laughs> of where that you're going to get? Um, not really anything right now. No, come on. I want it. Be, okay, we already announced you're running for council in 2021. Oh, no. 
No, no, I won't yet. No, that that is just something that we were me and Fernie were joking about, and um, I think that um, I really need to concentrate along with everybody. Everything that's going on is um, my kids made me a birthday cake a, a while back, and it had all these organizations on it: Bridget's Gift and firefighting and Caballeros de Yuma and all this stuff. And uh, I think my next goal, which I'm trying to right now, is just be a better dad. You know, oh, wow. and, uh, you know, it's just my son's at the age of 11 year old and a 15 year old and uh, a 23 year old, which um, I'm trying to get him to go back to college to finish his bachelor's degree. Um, he just wants to do everything. But um, I, I, I can see where he gets that from. Yeah, he's been listening to me for a while. Yeah, he wants to take but, um, on everything I, I, and anything. I think that that role is something I, need, I really need to put uh, more into and um and be that for my kids. I know the, the restaurant and the nightclub take a lot of time, but um, I need to make uh, time to listen to them because they are very expressive like me when they say, hey, dad, uh, we haven't seen you in a while. So let's, uh, we haven't sat down and talked. And, you know, my kids are getting to that age where they, they need to know certain information. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that is something that I really need to concentrate on in the next years but along with doing all this other stuff but you know um i'm not the i'm not a perfect dad but i i am there but i just need to to step it up i think that's a beautiful thing and i think that is definitely a thing Mm. you know people define success in different ways and um i've had companies i've had different things and one of the things that i look back on is like well i didn't have the the special relationship with my sons mm-hmm. that, 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 and I, and I particularly it's a different didn't have, thing with the sons and dads, you know, it's just, it's different, you know, uh, sons and daughters are different too. You know, they have their own kind of, um, connection, you know, and, uh, my, my kids, uh, play baseball and they're very active in that. And so get more involved with them. Yeah. It just, you know, it's just, it's kind of hard when you, when you're running two businesses and going back and forth and sometimes you can uh, say, Oh shoot, I, I, I have, because my dad's, me, my uh, kids, my dad worked a lot too when we were kids, but we always understood, you know, and your but, kids probably understand. Yeah. They tell me they do, but yeah. uh, you know, there's, there's sometimes where they go, Hey dad, let's go to the movies. Just, but just you and me, you know, they want that one-on-one time, of course. Which, but they don't, they don't get. So, um, but they're, they're they get, they're very outspoken. They'll tell me exactly what the how they feel. They they get that I guess maybe from me, but but uh, they'll tell me how they feel. So being a dad, and I think that's awesome. You know, just to share something, my uh, my son yesterday called um, his mother picked him up and uh, called me from the car to want wanted to show me a rap that he wrote. Oh yeah, he's ten years old. You know, oh, okay. and I wrote my first rap at ten years old. So it was kind of cool. And then my youngest six-year-old, he was writing a rap. And um, a- after having a business and losing a business mm-hmm. and and uh, losing a family and kind of losing it all, I was like, wait a minute, this is what's important, being a dad. And, and, and you know, I didn't have the greatest role model as a father, uh, you know, and, and I don't blame him for anything. Mm-hmm. But um, it's like, no, I, I got to figure this thing out. This is not, I, I have so many dreams. I manifest so many things, right? I've had, why not? manifest being a father right you know and like that that become a thing and so you know every morning i get my kids ready 
I'm the, I'm out there. We got a little basketball hoop. We shoot hoops before school and I'm just like, okay, I need to make time for this. So I, I think what you're talking about, I honor that and I, I really respect it, man. And it's, it, it's, it's something that not everybody sees. Yeah. It's just, um, that's one thing I want to, as a goal. And it should have been a goal that goal that uh, I mean, if you ask my kids if I'm a bad dad or anything, they would tell you tell you no, yeah. that is not true. But sometimes I feel like that that way because I'm so so involved in so many other things that I think sometimes I take away from that whole dad part. Well, my kids are they're good boys and they they're very respect respectful. They're very involved in the Catholic Church. They're they they are they are good boys and. Um, any parent would want that for their kids to be good, solid kids. D- don't get me wrong. They get in trouble sometimes, sometimes, but, um, overall they're, they're really good boys, very caring, very sweet boys. And, um, you know, it just, I, I hope a little bit of that is because they learned that from me. So well, I'm, I'm sure they, yeah. that's where they got it from. Just like you got it from your dad and then the grandfather and everybody that was part of that business. And, yeah. and they're watching you and they're, they're seeing the honorable decisions that you make and and some of the sacrifices that you make and and, and um that's where they're getting it from because you're the role model and it's i think it's great that you want to be more of that yeah it, it's just uh there's a lot more there's a lot more to do and a lot more to come it's just um uh, it's gonna take some work and uh um we're um you know the team we have here at the crest and the team we have at, at gratines is uh we have we have a good solid team and and uh they're all um, for making it better because they know where it's come from. So, mm-hmm. well, hey, thank you very much for doing my show. I appreciate oh, yeah. it. I hope you had a good time. And um, well, I mean, I had to run out of here for a second. Yeah, yeah, we'll cut that part out. Oh, okay. Everybody, nobody will know. But yeah, so when when they see the cut, it's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, Robbie, Robbie had to go to the bathroom. Robbie, Robbie had to use the bathroom. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, thank you. I, I really appreciate you, and I, I like your vision, man. And continue to manifest, and you know, and if being a better father is the next thing you need to tackle, mm-hmm. I, I know without a doubt that's something that you're going to manifest, and that's something that's going to be a part of your life, and you're going to get that down, and then you're going to be mayor and then governor and then oh, probably president one day. So yeah. <laughs> right now, Robbie 2045 yeah, for president. Yeah. yeah. Hey, thank you very much. Thanks, and I buddy. thank you guys for listening and um, we appreciate you guys leave a uh, rating or review. If you listen to this on Apple podcasts and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram and all that good stuff. Thank you guys for listening. Goodbye and God bless.